We're talking super efficient 2019 players on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome back to Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online, Blue Chew, and the FFPC. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz, joined by the editor in chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, Matthew Friedman. Uh, Matt, off topic here, but when you were a young lad in Texas, was Big League Chew a thing? Do you even know what Big League Chew is? Um, I'm assuming you're not talking about tobacco you're talking about like that disgusting chewing gum yes yes uh like yeah yeah i mean i never chewed it i don't i mean i never really saw like other kids chewing it like sincerely like or at least like friends of mine wow but like i guess there were other kids who chewed it okay so i was at the grocery store today and they had big league chewing stock which i've not seen this product in probably 10 plus years when I was a kid, my experience was everybody loved big league chew. When you would go to baseball games, like in town or like the little league games, they had this concession stand and you could get big league chew and everybody wanted to get big league chew and be chewing it while they were playing. I don't know how much they actually liked the gum product, but I always found it to be, I think there was a grape and I could not get enough of the stuff. So this is, this is very interesting to me. Okay. Uh, it sounded disgusting. I never actually had any of it, but it just, it looked disgusting. Wait a second. This is such a Friedman thing. So you never even felt like trying Big League Chew. This is amazing to me. Uh, no. I, I had other types of bubble gum at my disposal. Okay. Um, venturing down this path, are you somebody who will quickly say, um, no, I don't like that and then I'll try something? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it just depends. Like, I mean, I don't like go crazy experimenting with food. Like once I find my thing, I tend to stick with mm. it. Okay. All right. Um, do you eat the same lunch every day? Uh, who eats lunch? <laughs> who, are, who are these, who are these people who eat lunch? Uh, All right. On that note, it's time for today's FFPC stat attack. Despite finishing four weeks as an RB1 and scoring a touchdown in every game from week 12 to 17, Raheem Mostert went over 100 yards just a single time in 2019. As a reminder, FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world-famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league, head to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, we've got a handful of tools at Rotoviz designed specifically for FFPC domination. Uh, we should also make the caveat here for this episode that um, we are recording this week's two episodes back to back. So Matt is still on his phone as there is no uh, internet connection for him out there in Iowa. How are you holding up with this, Matt? Uh, I'm fine. And you shouldn't have told them. They wouldn't have been able to know. You you ruined the illusion of the episodes. <laughs> okay. Um, moving along here. Uh, what are your thoughts on Raheem Mostert in the Niners backfield? He was fourth in rushing FPOE fantasy points over expectation last year. Um, I will give a quick note on that. 
um, fantasy points over expectation are not really sticky. Um, I do think that sometimes people will have the thought that if a player was really efficient in terms of FPOE in one season, that there's no way he can do that in the next season. There's a handful of players like Tyler Lockett, Tyreek Hill. Um, I think at quarterback, maybe it's, I don't remember if it's Russell Wilson or not. Uh, Doug Baldwin was, Doug Baldwin was a historical example of this. Um, so it can be a tricky metric to try and look at and evaluate what you can expect from a guy in the coming season. But because this is one of those things that some people that maybe spend less time looking at it will want to look at or think about when saying that guy's definitely a regression candidate. Um, I think it's worth talking about. And let's start off with Mostert because he is a very interesting kind of case study here. Yeah. So when he's had, and this isn't like anything, uh, anything special in terms of like the, uh, the metrics, but if you just look at what he's done in his career, when he's had at least 10 carries per game, he's absolutely crushed. Um, and so the question is like, are we expecting him to get 10 carries per game on average this year? Like, I think that's probable. Um, and so, I mean, I guess if you look at it in that way, he probably has a good chance of returning value, but I just don't want to mess with the Shanahan backfield. Like I know if you get it right. And if one of those backs really becomes the guy, that guy could dominate, but I just kind of don't have the faith that uh, one guy is going to be able to carry the load for most of the season. Um, Mostert is going to be 28 this year, you know, like never really been a lead back for a long period of time. Um, There's still Tevin Coleman. And Jeffrey Wilson was actually a pretty good, you know, rotational back uh, who was left on the bench at times last year just because they had too many guys. But I could see him working his way in as a change of pace back at some point in the season. So I like Raheem Mostert, you know, like awesome story last year. Uh, but I just I don't know if you can really trust him. Yeah, that's a completely fair um, take on the situation. I'm really confused about what to do here. I think this is also one of those teams that when you're sitting down to work on your projections, that backfield share is going to be tough to try to get with any precision. So I'll probably end up maybe splitting it with a little bit of a, a little bit of a bump to Mostert. Anyway, though, we have a lot more to talk about, but before we do, let's take a quick moment for a word from our sponsor bet online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling after the dance. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, so continuing to talk about veteran wide receivers, um, while I was looking at this, I looked at uh, all players from 2009 to the end of the 2019 season. And in that time, Jordy Nelson led all receivers 
and fantasy points over expectation. He had seven straight seasons with positive FPOE, which is really impressive. And these seasons weren't just positive. I mean, he was absolutely smashing it. Um, so some of these top level players are able to season in and season out, uh, end up in a positive position on that metric. Uh, Let's start off, though, talking about some of the top five wide receivers from 2019. So the leaders in FPOE for receiving were A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, and Amari Cooper. Of that group, who is the most likely to take a step backward in 2020? And it doesn't even necessarily have to be from a um, efficiency standpoint, but just in comparison to the season that we saw from them last year versus how they perform in, in, in 2020. Who do you think takes the biggest step back? I think Stefan Diggs, uh, in part because he's going to a new team. Uh, and so, you know, Godwin, he has a, a new quarterback. And so that could sort of have some of the same dynamic a little bit of like a wide receiver going to a new team. But um, I still think he's going to see a lot of action in the slot where uh, I would expect Tom Brady to target him. A.J. Brown, uh, I don't think he's going to be as efficient as he was last year, but I would expect him to uh, to have more targets and uh, just in general, take a step forward in his second season. Michael Thomas, you know, just continues to smash. Uh, Amari Cooper, I think, will have another strong season. But Diggs, uh, you know, going from a run-heavy team to a team that isn't quite as run-heavy, but is still pretty run-heavy, uh, you know, with a quarterback who isn't incredibly efficient when it comes to throwing the ball, uh, I think Diggs pretty clearly. Yeah, and he was the kind of obvious um, answer when I was putting this together, uh, but um, nonetheless interesting to get your take there. Uh, as I said at the end of the last episode, I want to hear what your thoughts are on Mikko Hardman. He was in the top 10 on a per game and total basis last year in fantasy points over expectation. Can he take a step forward and become fantasy viable inside this stack Chiefs offense? Yeah, I think so. Um, I would expect it still to be extremely volatile. And I think that um, 2021 is likelier to be his season than 2020. Um, he's still going to have to share targets with Sammy Watkins, um, share targets with Travis Kelsey. Um, and didn't Demarcus Robinson also resign with the team, like on a one-year deal? I might be wrong about that, but um, you know, I think he's still going to have to compete, but um, I, I think he's probably going to be the third starter there at wide receiver. So uh you know, I think whatever we saw out of him last year, he had 555 scrimmage yards, six touchdowns from scrimmage. You know, I think that could be bumped up to like 700 or so yards and maybe still around the same number of touchdowns, um, which like that isn't like incredible, but um, it's decent. And then I think 2021, we see a bigger step forward, probably still not a thousand yards, but, you know, maybe 900 yards, seven touchdowns, something like that. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, and yeah, you're right. He did uh, resign a uh, for one year with the Chiefs. So uh, maybe you know, 2021 is the season for Hardman. Let's take a quick moment to hear from our sponsor, Blue Chew. 
Guys looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free. When you use the promo code BLUEWIRE, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com, and promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, Matt, more efficient band, Pearl Jam or Alice in Chains? <laughs> more efficient band. Uh, so I guess the wow, way I, I interpret this. I should have looked at the show sheet. Yes. Yeah. So what I mean by more efficient band here is, you know, number of great songs for numbers of so- number of songs produced. Yeah. Um, oh, man. I mean, I would probably have to go with Alice in Chains because um, they haven't had as many albums as uh, as Pearl Jam. And I think like a lot of the albums after like the third album were just not quite as good. And uh, like, I know there are people who like the fourth album and some of them like the fifth album, but like, let's be honest after the third one, like after Vitology, it's just, it really trails off. Um, But uh, you know, I I think it's hard to know what to say about Alice in Chains' newer albums with the new singer. But um, like, I think every, everything that they did in the <laughs> like in the 90s and early 2000s when they had uh Lane Staley like all of those were really good and they had like the um the EPs um you know between the albums like those were all really good um like Jar of Flies is a really good EP like that could be its own album if they had just put like two or three more songs on it and they've recorded that in like two weeks not even two weeks so I'd have to go with uh I'd have to go with Alice in Chains. But if you looked just at Pearl Jam's first three albums and you did Alice in Chains in their first three albums, then I would go Pearl Jam. Yeah, that's a really interesting breakdown there. I'm not surprised that you went with Alice in Chains. Um also, uh if you've not been listening to the show for a while, you might not know, but Matt uh, has like an encyclopedic uh, encyclopedic knowledge of uh of grunge music and is a bit of a connoisseur, if you will. Uh, if someone were getting into grunge, what three albums would you say that they should start with? Oh man. Uh, I guess some of that would depend on what you consider grunge, yep. but, uh, I think you, you couldn't really go wrong with, um, I would say 10 from Pearl Jam and, um, Nevermind from Nirvana. And then, uh man it's i would say dirt probably from alice in chains but it's hard to uh it's hard to leave off anything from soundgarden which like it's sacrilegious really to leave off anything from soundgarden so i i don't know i don't i don't think you could really do that i would say like you would go four albums and you just do like whatever you think is the best album from the big four got it yeah that's probably fair um, anyway, though, we can move off of that and uh, segue back into looking at uh, some of the fantasy points over expectation superstars from 2019. 
Um, Mark Ingram, 1.7 over in rushing, 2.4 in receiving. We also saw his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, crush in rushing with, crush in rushing with 3.2, which was the third highest of all players. He was also third in passing with 5.9. Those are on a points-per-game basis. Will defenses figure out the Ravens? Um, or will we see more of the same as we look forward to 2020? Uh, because I think for a lot of these Ravens players, and, and maybe with Ingram being um, in a situation where the team did draft a rookie running back, we don't see him getting drafted too highly. But Mark Andrews, I think, will be moving up uh, draft boards as we approach the summer. So, I, you know, on some level, this efficiency is going to matter. Um, the Ravens are going to have to be up. Op- going to have to operate like they did last season can that continue uh i think they're less efficient but i still think that they're like a top five offense um ingram i still think is going to have uh a pretty big role as the touchdown scorer uh but you know even last year he wasn't like a high volume guy um, so I think from a, an FPO, which is, that's the way I'm going to pronounce it, <laughs> uh, from, from an FPO perspective, uh, I think he's probably still going to be fairly efficient because I think he'll get touchdowns and not a whole lot of touches. So that will just kind of inflate his numbers. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still, I'm still very optimistic on what we see out of the, uh, out of the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, I guess the encouraging thing is even if teams kind of can keep Jackson in check on the ground. And I, I don't think that that's really something you can completely shut down because he's just so good. But even if they start to, you know, um, mitigate some of the damage that he can do, he was still very strong as a passer. Um, and it just feels to me like with how good they were last season that um, this is not something that teams are just going to come out and completely crush um, and just, you know, completely stuff in 2020. Um, so I'm not really too concerned about any of these players in comparison to where they're going in drafts this season. Um, let's look now just at running back Derek Henry. Um, and this is in terms of, of rushing FPO um, was at 4.5 points over per game last season. Aaron Jones at 3.6 Christian McCaffrey, at 2.9 Dalvin cook at 2.4. They were all top four last year in points per game. Who is the most likely to finish outside of the top 12 in 2020? And, you know, obviously we can kind of just rip McCaffrey out of that list. No, I mean, Aaron Jones, and it's not even close. Okay. Um, his team drafted the guy to replace him. And uh, like Chris Ravon and I, I feel like on the uh, the Action Network show on Sirius XM, like we talk about Aaron Jones, it feels like every other episode. And uh, he's very adamant that Aaron Jones is very good and still locked in as the lead back. And I don't know, maybe, but I'm pretty dubious. Um, I don't think the Packers draft A.J. Dillon in the second round if uh, they don't plan on using him, especially as a goal line back. And, you know, a big part of the value that Aaron Jones had last year was scoring, what was it, like 19 touchdowns or something like that? Like, that's just not going to happen this year with A.J. Dillon there to serve as, like, the clear short yardage back. So, uh, without those touchdowns, Aaron Jones loses a lot of value. Well, I mean, let's let's be honest. It doesn't matter who else is there. He's not scoring 19 touchdowns, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, And I think that you could make a number of arguments that you don't have to be as concerned about 
the regression with Jones because he can offset it in different ways. But when you look at the totality of the situation, I think it's just something that was is so unrepeatable that you really have to factor in for him taking a step back. It just does not seem to me. And also, I don't think the Packers offense is necessarily one that supports a player finishing like that. You add in Dylan to the mix, they still have Jamal Williams, and I just don't see it happening. So I agree with here agree with you and I don't think that this is anything that um people wouldn't be expecting. Um Derrick Henry, I think he would be the other guy that you might point to here. Um but to me as far as Tennessee goes, I'm expecting them to operate efficiently enough or be good enough of an offense that um, Henry, and I don't think he's going to finish at that 4.5 mark in 2020. I still think, though, there'll be enough opportunity for him there, and he's so good at what he does well that um, I'm not worried about that, uh, you know, regressing to the point that he does not finish inside the top 12. Is there any chance? Yeah, I don't know. I Derrick Henry, I I think he's still going to be pretty good this yeah. year. Um, I would expect him still to finish, you know, like top six. Okay. Um, I'm gonna focus on these players here for one more question. Do you think that there's okay. any chance that Dalvin Cook could finish higher in a point per game uh, lens than Christian McCaffrey in 2020? Uh, no, no. I mean, a, a chance, a chance, like, yeah, sure, maybe, but uh, I don't really see it. So no. Yeah. Um. Outside of Cook, is Saquon Barkley the only other player that you would give any actual consideration there to? To be honest, I think McCaffrey was so ridiculous last season. I think he's going to be again, and I almost have trouble even thinking that. Yeah, I mean, Saquon could, um, because we do know that he's prolific in the passing game and. Even though he was, you know, like very bad, like quote unquote bad last year, he still had, I mean, I'm looking at this on my phone, so I can't really get there fast enough. But what was it like 1400 yards last year? Um, Like that's really good for a guy who missed multiple games and then, you know, was still injured for a, a chunk of the season. So, I mean, we know that Barkley can have over 100 targets on the season. Like that's well within the range of outcomes for him. Uh, super talented. Yeah, 121 targets his first year in the league. Like he he easily. I mean, things break right. You, it's not hard to envision how he outproduces McCaffrey. Like that's within the range of outcomes. Yeah. Um. Despite how uh, you know um, optimistic I am for McCaffrey, I guess you you have to rule that you know it doesn't take a extraordinary chain of events for Barkley to outperform McCaffrey. Um, also that offense yeah. is going to look slightly I'm, different this year in uh, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this Barkley led the league in scrimmage yardage, his rookie season, like over 2000 yards from scrimmage as a rookie with, was it Eli Manning as his quarterback yep. for the whole season? Yep. It had 15 touchdowns. Like, it's it's easily within the realm of possibility for Barkley to have more production this year than McCaffrey. Yeah, you, you know, the other thing, and we've talked about this before with Barkley, is for whatever reason, just because his rookie season was so good, everybody is viewing 2019 in a negative lens when really it was such a solid 
solid season. Most players, if you say in their second year, they're going to rush for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. They're going to catch 52 passes, add 438 yards and two touchdowns. You'd be saying, wow, this guy's probably a very good player. Um, that uh, leaves us with one final question here, Matt. Um, and let's not look at this from an efficiency perspective. Um, these players... We're all fairly good, but not at the top of the of the leaderboards. Um, Damian Williams, Marlon Mack, and Devin Singletary. Who has the best chance of finishing as an RB one? Um, I don't really think, I don't really think that um, any of those guys really has a a chance to do it. But I guess Singletary. I mean, I think it has to be Singletary because I would expect. Uh, Mac to lose touches to Jonathan Taylor and Damian Williams to lose touches uh, to Clyde Edwards Alaire. So, I mean, Singletary seems like the guy, but uh, I still don't think he gets there. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. I guess the. I mean, I have to go with Singletary as well. And to me, the, the logic is largely that you can't say with any certainty that um, the guy that has been drafted is necessarily better than him or the team necessarily really wants to make a point of making that other player like a a fixture of their offense and also uh you know Williams is probably at a point where he's probably you know it's hard to expect him to outperform what he's done in the past Mac you know outside of them signing Jonathan Taylor might have been a different situation um but nonetheless I think that Singletary is our uh, is our answer here that does it though for this week's episodes you can reach us at rotovizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at dave cabin ff and at matt f the oracle thanks to bet online for sponsoring the show make sure to rate review and subscribe and as always remember it's not a fantasy if you believe it's